I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. Well, the weather's just barely starting to cool down, and it's that time of year again, folks. And by that, I mean that it's time to vote once again for Food About Town for Best Podcast in the City Newspaper's Best Of Poll for 2018. The preliminary voting is now up on the City Newspaper's website, rochestercitynewspaper.com. And go into the Best of Rochester primary ballot. Vote for at least 30 categories. And please make sure to include Food About Town for Best Podcast. Uh, Always thanks to all of the dedicated listeners to the podcast for voting us for Best Podcast uh, over the last two years. And hope to get on the ballot again this year. So make sure to go on the website and cast your vote for Food About Town for Best Podcast. In episode 114 of the Food About Town podcast, I had John Cannon from Glen Edith Coffee Roasters over to the studio to talk about coffee, his work as the wholesale director over at Glen Edith, you know, their expansion over the years, and talk about generally his experience in coffee. But this wasn't just, just about coffee. This was a wide-ranging discussion covering all sorts of topics, including music and just anything that came to our heads. Uh, John's one of those guys that I've always enjoyed running into, and I'm really glad I got the chance to have him over for a full hour of talk. And I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. Uh, if you did enjoy it, please share it out. You can tag John Cannon on all the social medias and Glenn Edith Coffee as well. And you can tag me, Food About Town, on Facebook, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram. And thanks so much, as always, for listening to the Food About Town podcast. We just made some cocktails. We did. Just made some cocktails. Uh, and why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Well, hello. My name is John Cannon. Why am I talking to you, John? I was actually not sure about that myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, a couple of quick facts about me. I'm the wholesale director at Glen Edith Coffee. Um, I, what are the locations of Glen Edith Coffee, good, John? Oh, you want to talk about that, too? Well, we, we got to pitch. We got we to gotta throw that <laughs> stuff out there. Uh, yeah, we, um, we're on... Summerton Street, 23 Summerton Street, just off of Park Ave. In the heart of Park Ave neighborhood. The heart of Park Ave. And we've got another location on Elton Street, uh, just across from uh, the new Three Heads Brewery, uh, right near Nosh, right near Fiamma, all that good stuff. You say right Scratch. down the street, right, yeah, right down the street from some of my favorite places in Rochester. Mm-hmm, exactly. The neighborhood of the arts. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, our, our owners own uh, Boxcar Donuts as well. Yep, in the in the new public market district, and they're really central to all the big neighborhoods in Rochester right now. The new public market district, restaurant district at the public market. Oh yeah, the restaurant district in the neighborhood of the Arts, right in the heart of Park Ave. Really in the middle of things. Really in the middle of things. That's the goal. Uh, what else do I do? I play in uh, play in some bands, and I uh, work at uh, this other place. In. In towards the mic. You said you in? had good mic technique. Oh, yeah. I have great mic technique. <laughs> you know. <laughs> do, I, do I sound better in your uh, your earbuds? Significantly. Sig- oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. He was just pointing at me going in, in, in. I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Saturdays working at this crazy place called uh, Swan Dive. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. We well, should definitely talk about that place, too. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so Swan Dive, you've got that. You've got, you were a musician or are a musician. I don't know what to call you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, with a mixture of both. I'm not incredibly active in the music world these days. Yeah. Yeah. But, you wa- uh, war? I war I war a musician. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, so I've been uh, I guess in the public eye working in uh, 
coffee shops throughout the years and you know playing in bands and stuff like that and just generally generally being around around around's a good place to be here in rochester especially right now this is a great time to be around in rochester yeah so before we get rolling let's talk about the cocktail that we're drinking yes because you asked some questions about it and I gave you very vague answers. I want to point out, Chris specifically said, "Well, I'll save that for when we uh, when we hit record." But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's it's one of those things when the more you do this, the more you don't want to talk too much beforehand. You're like, <laughs> I just want to have the conversation live and recorded because I don't want to waste this gold just on the room. Well, I'll tell you what. This whole thing started with a great base. Uh, what what was this rum we were looking at? Lost so, spirits. Yes, yeah, so the lost spirits. Um, this is, I think this is the Navy strength, the 61%. This is the fast age spirits company out of Los Angeles. So they quick age, uh, juice, uh, you know, spirit juice in a week. So it's essentially barrel proof because there's no losses Mm. and they don't dilute it because they don't have to as much. So the flavor is super concentrated. This is really rich, buttery, brown sugar, a little bit of molasses, and I think that's why it works so well with your other ingredients. Yeah. And I, folks need to hear about this, uh, <laughs> the, this, this pineapple technique. Yeah. So it's I, I must. So I went to the the Puerto Rican festival um, in Rochester not that long ago. Was it two three weeks ago? I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they were serving drinks out of fresh pineapples. My wife was all over that. <laughs> it was a delicious, you know, coconut in a pineapple drink. It was fantastic. So I'm like, I'm not going to throw that pineapple away. I'd been hearing about the way to, you basically add sugar to either citrus or something else or any other, you know, fruit. And it's basically macerating the fruit and pulling the liquid out. Just like salt pulls liquid out, sugar pulls liquid out as well. Well, it just so happens that when the sugar pulls out, well, it's melting the sugar as well. That was my next question. So it's pulling that water out and it's melting the sugar. I added uh, lime in there, and between what, whatever was left over in the pineapple, I crushed the inside a little bit, moved it around, and Get then... a little pulp action going, yeah, sort of. And then, yeah, then strained it, and it turned out... I mean, it's got like some... It's got some of the citrus... Um, citrus oils from the lime, because it pulls out the oils as well. Now, did you put the lime in uh, inside the pineapple, or yes. was this a post-syrup... No, I put, I put it in the pineapple, so I let it all macerate together. So I pulled out the lime, pulled out the oils, pulled out the pineapple flavor. Cool. Then mashed it all together and um, strained it out. Ended up with a heavy syrup of pineapple and like lime aroma, and it's fantastic. And then we just added lime, kind of made a daiquiri out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just I, I a wasn't... complicated daiquiri. A complicated daiquiri, and uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to be red looking, and I'm really really enjoying this this is uh this is bartender level and you said that you're uh you're not too too good at your uh, home bartending skills and no, from I don't what mess- i'm tasting i disagree yeah i don't mess around too much with it you know most most of the time if i'm drinking something i'm drinking you know i'm going straight i'm drinking you know rye or drinking something else straight but occasionally if i happen to make something weird out of my leftover <laughs> ingredients <laughs> oh what the hell why not why not why not? You knocked it out of the park. So. No, it turned out real nice. Oh, yeah. So, Indeed. Something we just sip on through our first half an hour as we talk about why... I, oh, actually, I'm going to save the why are you John Cannon. <laughs> it was one, one it's, it's one of the best names in Rochester. I know you had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with but it. But still, one of the best names in Rochester. There's very few... <laughs> Very few people I like yelling at across a room more than you. <laughs> the other one is your roommate, oh, Steve Carter. Brother Steve Carter. Shout There's, out. It, that is my favorite person to yell at across a room <laughs> because I, I insist on just raising my fist in the air and yelling Steve Carter at him every time I see him. But you know what? That dude is so popular. Any room that he walks into, everyone's shouting it. Yeah. yeah. As well, they should. They should. They should. He's, <sighs> a, he's a famous Rochester dude. I give him a... A hard time about uh, definitely becoming the mayor someday during his uh, Rochester career. So. He's too he's too involved in everything. There's a few people I know that are just involved in things, even if they sometimes maybe don't want to be. They just get pulled into things. <laughs> he seems to be one of those guys. He just can't help himself. He, he can't. Uh, he he loves it. 
The kid's exhausted all the time, but he loves it. It sounds about right. <laughs> but, I mean, Steve Carter's a great name, but yelling cannon, like, from my car. I've seen you out of my car, and I think I've yelled it outside my car more than once at you. <laughs> I don't know if it's confusing or you actually recognize who it is, but... Uh, you know, it, after a while... So, okay, you know that I worked at... Uh, when I moved back to Rochester in uh, 2012, uh, I began working at Java's, right? Okay, so I, I think I knew Java's, but, I mean... Many people in town who work in coffee went through Java. Absolutely, that's um, that that's home base, right? And uh, then I helped open a place called Founders Cafe, which I went to. I hadn't been because it's a during the week place. It's tough to get parking down there. I went when I was on jury duty, and I saw you uh, in the uh, the room where you wait to find out if you're going to be on jury duty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that week, yeah, randomly, yeah. the place that you were a part of part of when it opened. I was I went there every day during jury duty week. Really? Yeah, I went there every day, got some square one coffee. Excellent. Um really nice actually. I'd never had square one coffee before. Oh man. Continues to be pretty good. Square one has been one of my favorites in the country for quite some time. And they're out of Pennsylvania, right? I forget uh, what area of Pennsylvania. Uh they started in Lan- uh Lancaster and now they're uh, I think You had it few. right the first time. Lancaster. Lancaster did it? Really? Oh yeah, that's oh. definitely correct. It's not Lancaster is in Buffalo. Lancaster is in Pennsylvania. Wow. Wow. That's o- a weird pronunciation. Only you thing. would know that too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And everyone from there. Yeah. But um, squ- yeah, I really enjoyed it. The problem was I bought I bought a or I got for Christmas one of these vacuum coffee mugs, the travel ones. Mm. So Zojirushi, so Japanese company, executed the design really well. Vacuum and coffee mug. So serve me coffee in the morning at Founders. By the end of the day, it was still almost undrinkably hot. Wow. I had to take the cap off to let <laughs> it steam its own heat out because it was so well insulated. Wow. So I, I there were times where it was like midday and I had I just brought the coffee in there because you know it's a trial it's long, right, right. And it was undrinkably hot at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And that's a great invention, but at the same time, okay, I still actually want to drink my beverage. You know, it's one of those weird things I want to do is actually drink my coffee. <laughs> So so yeah, founders. You you got a chance to go there a whole bunch of times. Yeah, n- nice yeah. little spot. I really I did enjoy it. Excellent. I remember you had uh you had a bond me. I don't know why I remember that so specifically. <laughs> that's a that's a good pull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I we ran into each other during jury selection. I got picked. Mm-hmm. You didn't. <laughs> so I mine ended up being over a week long. Yeah, you you had a tough one. I remember. Yeah, it was a week and a emotionally half. Emotionally tough too. It was emotionally tough. It was a re- it was a really hard trial to go through, but. I am really happy I got to go through the whole process, though, because I'd never sat through the whole deliberation thing, and I really, I value that experience because, I mean, the debate we had in the room was what you hope it would be, and so it was a real push and pull. There was actual conversation about. Yeah, which it's what you hope it would be. You hope it's not just, oh, everybody knows. We actually worked through it, and for something as serious as it was that we took the time to try and do it the right way felt really, it felt right. Yeah. And I just hope other people give it the same importance that we did. I don't know if everybody does. I know we did. I, I can't speak to it. I, I got to go home that day. Uh, <laughs> you, you were lucky. That's for sure. All right. Well, I appreciate that, I guess, but, uh, so founders, so, so you know, yeah, so this I, is, by the way, this is the way this is going to go. We're going on tangents all day. That's my main style. Perfect. Anyway. Don't worry about that. So, so yeah, founders from there, I went to this place called Poor Coffee Parlor. I remember that a place called Poor Coffee Parlor existed. <laughs> uh, which, which is actually us. Um, before we changed our name to just Glen Edith. So we were roasting under the name Glen Edith and it was just getting confusing with, uh, two different names floating around there so we decided to make it one which yep. which has uh really helped uh, brand recognition and things so at the time you were the what were you at the time uh i was because you, you've call, held many different hats over at poor Gwen edith over the time that it's been open yeah yeah um they took me on as uh what they call the director of coffee Okay. Uh, and our owner started calling me the DOC or the doc, if you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, 
and basically that's just the person uh, in charge of making the coffee taste good and ordering things. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, our friend Sapphire Kurchain, uh, took over that position, um, during her, oh, I think it was 2015 to six. No, yeah, 2016. It was like to, 16 to part of 17, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Um, after her time at Joe Bean and right. while she was sort of a, you know, um, roving barista, a rogue barista, if yes. you will. Oh, you, yeah. you could, you could say that <laughs> if we're naming Instagram names. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, that's bounced around a little bit. You've bounced around a little bit, which by the way, my, my whole point here is, uh, you know, just being in so many different public spaces every now and then I just hear someone just yell out of a car, John Cannon. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it only, it just feels so right. <laughs> There's some names that need to be yelled. Oh man, and I'm, I'm like I, I'm no, I don't like fun. I don't like antics. But there's something about the name that you need. I mean, canon. One, it was a bad like action show for, in like the 70s. First of all, let's back up a little bit. Chris just said I don't really like fun. No, I don't. I've, I've said this multiple <laughs> times. I'm, I'm going to continue to say it because it's true. I don't like fun. I don't like antics. Okay, they're not they're not for me. I like joking around. I having a, like having a good time. But let's get down to business too. I don't like fun. Yeah, fun. I mean, fun's like you know wooing and you know really like it's this exuberance. I'm not. Ne- I'm <laughs> never exuberant. Yeah, I okay. think it's an important word. Okay, Ex- exuberance or fun? Yeah. Exuberant. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I think maybe it's not fun. I think fun gets down to the core of it quicker. I think I just don't like exuberance. I'm not. I'm not a high level. I think excitement guy. I think you just nailed it there because I think getting down to business and, and really talking about stuff is fun for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that that's like my kind of fun. I don't like exuberant fun. <laughs> you know, I like enjoying things and occasionally I'll yell at the TV at a <laughs> at a Bills game or a curling match. Uh, know, but, that's that's impulsive. I understand all yeah, that, you know. But other than that, you know, it's yeah, it's just not for it's me. It's just not for you. I understand. So you were you know, the uh, director of coffee at right. Glen Edith. Then you were not there for a little while. Indeed. I was working at a title insurance company, which was right next door to Founders Cafe downtown. Yeah, so you, you moved you moved into a straight job. Right. You know, not, not an industry job. So Correct. What, what was the impetus to moving into a straight job? I had, I had done coffee for, I think, eight years at that point. Okay. And uh, I just really wanted to... Just see what else was out there. Yeah, see see what the see what the rest of us deal with every day. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, everybody kind of tells me, "Oh man, you must have uh, you must have hated that with your background." And no, I didn't. I you know, office work is fine. It's all good. Yeah, you know, it's it definitely has its its ups and downs, just like anything else. I mean, that's what I've done since I graduated college. Um, you know, I've been in the engineering field in different varieties since college mm-hmm. and I really appreciate, you know, the companies that I've worked for and the new company that I'm working for now. And I, I like the work I do. It's not everything I talk about all the time. I don't talk about it much at all <laughs> because it's my day job. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware. I've uh, almost never heard you talk about it. I almost never talk about there it. There you go, buddy. Um, I love but it. it's, but it's a good job and I'm, tre- you know, you're treated well and everything's good, mm-hmm. but you find yourself, you know, doing all these other things on the side because you just can't help yourself. Yeah, and you you know that I was working uh, weekend shifts at the coffee shop, and you you, you had you to know, keep a foot in the world. It, you you know it. You know if I'm not <laughs> if I'm not pouring uh, you know pouring rosettas just for the fun of it and yeah. hand it to somebody, then I you know feel like I'm losing touch with myself. So you know, and dominating in latte art competitions. <laughs> oh, I did not last time. You. Were <laughs> You want to go through that real quick? I'll be fast oh, yeah. on this one. So what, let's talk latte art competitions for a minute. We got a couple different things to talk about. Let's yeah. talk about the most recent one that I was hanging out at. This one was over at Ugly Duck Coffee. Fantastic. And, man, Rory does a really good job at running a latte art competition. He does a really good job at running a coffee shop. He does. Yeah. I, I love that place. Always shout out to our friends over at Ugly Duck. You got it. So let's talk about this latte art competition specifically. And what you did wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to jump right into that. Okay. So round one was a heart. I think round two was uh, a rosetta or a tulip. So that's how they were doing it. You had to you had to pour a certain design uh, depending on what round you were in. A little bit different from the normal format. 
yeah, the normal format is do whatever you want. Hope it's better than the other the other contestant. Exactly. Okay. So round one, we're doing hearts. And mind you, I don't work the bar uh, almost at all anymore, right? But, you know, I, I got a little game in me still. So, you know, I start uh, going on autopilot. I start pouring the base of a Rosetta, <laughs> right? And that ends up on one side of the cup. And yeah. I'm sorry for non-coffee folk. You just got to, like, visualize with me real quick here. So, so what, what is the Rosetta for those that aren't coffee nerds? Okay. What ca- can you describe a Rosetta? Um, barely, because I don't know what it is <laughs> outside of uh, a coffee design. It's the, it's the thing that looks like a leaf or a fern. It kind of looks like a fern or like wheat. Yeah. So like the top of wheat. So it's almost, it's like a, like a line and then it's got like little petals on top of, on the side of it, really. Ex- exactly. Petal or grains on the side of it. Exactly. And it's, it's a classic pour. It's one, of the, it's one of my favorites. So I just started diving right into that. And then I realized halfway through this pour, oh, dude, this is, the, this is the heart round. So I had to real quick try to save it, and it just turned into an onion. And I think it was, um, <laughs> oh, it, it, was, it was Adam from Joe Bean who, who uh, took me to school, uh, at least by default. He probably would have taken me to school anyway. Let's, I, let's I be believe real. when I was talking to him beforehand, he's like, I don't remember the last time I did a heart. <laughs> so both of you went up there, both notable people in the coffee saying, like, I this whole heart thing, I'm not so sure about it. <laughs> you know, and you're you're not wrong because I I don't think mon- many of us really pour hearts. We just focus on you know tulips and all these you know faux complicated stuff. Swans, swans. You know, ooh, swans, swans. Yeah, we're we're gonna get to swans. Okay, we'll get there. We're all gonna right. get to swans. But you know what? I think one of the reasons I really enjoy the Watera competitions, although I I find myself not sticking around till the end of them all the time <laughs> because I have other stuff going on, but. I always enjoy it because, one, it's a great gathering of coffee people. Everybody's there to have a good time. You're having great conversations with either industry people or just, you know, coffee nerds like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's about coffee or anything else, it's just an excuse to hang out for a little bit. It's always fun. It's always fun. Um, and plus, watching the actual competition is a blast, too. It so. is. So it's, it's hard unless you get right up on it. The one time I was more right up on it was when I actually judged a latte art competition. Yeah. Which one was that? Was that at Joe Bean? No, that was the one you ran over at Glen Edith. Oh, was I? I wasn't emceeing, right? I, was I think just kinda, you were. Ooh, sorry about that. This was a while Are back. Are you sure it wasn't Mike Terzanski emceeing? No, I'm pretty sure it was you. Oh, wow. Okay. So this was this was a little while ago, and it was me. It was... Oh, why am I forgetting his name? I think he's, uh, he's one of the... Espresso machine guys, I think. Oh, was it Johnny? Johnny, yeah, yeah. Johnny was Johnny was one of the other ones, and there was was he, was he up in his suit and everything. He was, uh, and I think a, I was too. I think I was wearing a jacket that day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were. Now I'm, it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. So I was wearing a jacket, and it was that place was crazy that day. This was you know maybe three years ago now. Yeah, and it was really something. And judging the competition was really interesting, having never done it before. What'd you think? You know what? It was you. You get a hang of it really quick. Yeah, I, I'm. I have enough irrational confidence in myself <laughs> that I'll I'll sign up for just about anything, even if I haven't done it before. <laughs> when it comes to food and drink stuff, I'll just sign up. I don't care. Uh, the The last thing I did for that was I judged a spirits competition. I'm wearing the shirt today. Ah. So I'd never judged a spirits competition before. I got asked to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Now, was this by chance during uh, one of the Rochester Cocktail Revivals weeks? No, it was it was near it, but it wasn't part of it. Okay. So this was like in late May-ish, uh, somewhere around that time Sounds frame. Sounds like almost exactly when, uh, yeah, okay, right around it. Yeah. yeah, it was around, but it definitely wasn't part of it. Okay. Uh, it's a wine and spirits judging competition. I'd never done it before. And I go and I've tasted a fair amount of spirits, but I've never judged critically with the criteria. Hmm. So it took me like a round to get the feel of the judges at the table around me and start to calibrate my palate for <laughs> how they judge things. Now you're under the impression that they've also done this before. I know one of them has. Okay. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so I was at a table with, um, I was at a table with uh, Anthony Ruhana from Cub Room. Okay. Who oh, yeah. I hadn't met before that day, and I really enjoyed it. That that dude is awesome. Really cool guy. Really and nice kid. I've been into the government a few times since, and just does a great job over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the table with Mr. Chris Carlson. 
Oh, really? Yes. So okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if you know Chris. Not personally. You've heard of Chris. Yeah, though. exactly. <laughs> it's hard not to. But Chris is a spirits expert. And having him at my table, one, I know Chris relatively well. And having him at the table was comfortable for me because I knew I could calibrate myself and he would tell me <laughs> if I was wrong. Because <laughs> that's what I needed. I needed somebody to help me. You know, eventually I got into a rhythm. I got to taste all the specifics. But it took a round or two to you know warm up your palate to get to get used to picking out specific flavors and aromas and things. For sure. Now, if if I was ever going to do that, what's the what's the plan? Are we talking eat a lot beforehand or You know what? It's it's all about sipping and spitting. Okay. So, it's tiny sips. I thought it was important to at least get a tiny sip of each of them down because I think that's part of the quality of a spirit is how Post, it finishes. Post nasal olfaction. I think it makes yep. a big difference. Now, I don't think you have to. I just don't have enough practice to do it well. Yeah. Just swishing and spitting. I got a, you got better as the as the days went on, as the two days went on. Right, right. But I don't think I got to the point where I was comfortable not sipping at least a little bit <laughs> to analyze it properly. Interesting. Um yeah, I would uh I would actually be in the same camp. I need to swallow a little bit and you know we we do this when we're cupping coffees in the yeah. in the roastery yeah i'm i'm not a sip and spit dude i'm a pretty much swallow every single time uh just to really get the full the fullness of the aromatics the aftertaste well i think it makes a difference i mean i haven't spent a lot of time cupping i find coffee tasting super challenging oh i think it's really difficult to pull out all the specific flavors i can do better in beer and i'm better in wine than i am in coffee mm-hmm I find coffee really challenging to do well when it comes to specific. I really have to sit down and concentrate on it. It's not a, oh, off the top of my head, it's this, this, and this. Yeah. I need to sit and let it cool and really work with it. Oh, yeah. You got temperature involved, too. It's all kinds of factors. And I'll tell you what, I've been doing this for uh, not too long. There's other a lot of people in the city that have been doing this a lot longer than me, but I've been doing it uh, nine years. I'm coming on 10 years next year, I guess. And... It's still tough for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, you got to get rid of the power of suggestion. Well, I think that's that's part of it. Yeah. I think the other thing is the base flavor of coffee is always there. Yeah. So even, even as much as, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with tasting notes. I think you can taste all these other flavors, but there's still coffee in every coffee. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Wade from Fifth Frame a long time ago told me there is no coffee. There, there is no coffee flavor. It's an incredibly complex uh, substance. Yes. Um, however, even even knowing this fact, I still want to say, "Oh man, that's coffee flavored coffee," <laughs> and I, I, I got I got to stop myself. You know, and th- and that's that's why it's tough. Um, you know, wait for it to cool down. Really pick things out. It's I, I can see how it's how it's that challenging. Yeah. yeah. So we were just talking about latte art competitions because we were, <laughs> we were pivoting around <laughs> this. So, so you were in, um, you were in a non, you were in a straight job for a little bit. Oh, that's where we were. Yeah, that's where we yeah. were. We we got over to this somehow. I don't remember the path, <laughs> but so you were in a straight job, and then you decided to not do that anymore. It was well, a year. Yep, it was a year. So you did a full year. And was it just like you just had to get back, or what? What was it in your head that brought you back to it? Yeah, I, I just had to get back. Just had to and, get back. Yeah, and I, I knew that I wanted to do something different this time around as well. Um, so I didn't want to, you know, be on the bar five days a week. Um, I love talking to people. Um, I love roasting. I love doing quality control. I love training. Uh, and now with what I do, I get to do all that stuff. So, so that kind of brings us uh, up to speed professionally if you will. So, so now you're the wholesale manager at Glen Edith, which I know Glen Edith has expanded a lot on the wholesale side, wholesale side of things <laughs> over the last, you know, since they started roasting, but I think it's really ramped up over the last, what, three years or so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so. And, um, uh, part of that had to do with, uh, expanding into Wegmans and more, uh, uh, retail, um, retail grocery sectors um yeah and it's going it's going great we've got the uh the cold brew cans now as well so that's really expanded our product line so think about it this way 
when you sell beans to a business or you know to, to anybody really, they need to have the equipment to actually make that coffee. The cans takes that whole thing out of the equation. So now I've got uh, a product that you don't need equipment uh, to sell. It's so. really exploded here in Rochester, that's for sure. For sure. Uh, between yeah. what you guys are doing, what Joe Bean's doing, what Fuego's doing Fuego's in the doing, bottles, yep. uh, it's really exploded. Mm-hmm. And... I think you guys you guys do the off label roasting for Three Brothers as well. Indeed, Ironheart Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's it's amazing to see all the different opportunities out there for some for companies that are doing this uh, this whole prepackaged coffee thing. Seems oh, like yeah. a lot of interesting opportunities right now. Yeah, yeah, a bunch, and uh, there's there's some cool stuff um, uh, happening pretty soon that I'm. Not going to announce yet, but I just want to, so I'm just like bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, keep my mouth shut. It's great to see more stuff happening. Yeah, and you know, it's everybody wants coffee quick. I love slow coffee as much. Uh, I'm going to say more than the next guy. Generally speaking, <laughs> I really enjoy slow coffee. I like somebody sitting there. I like the the art of doing a pour over and a really well pulled espresso shot. I love slow coffee. But sometimes I was gonna say you're going somewhere with this. Sometimes <laughs> when I'm when I'm on a trip or if I'm going somewhere and I don't want to have to find a coffee shop, I don't want to have to bring a grinder and a kettle because I'm not just gonna, you know, buy bad coffee. I'm gonna grind it fresh when I'm there. For sure. But I have to bring a grinder, bring a kettle, bring a Chemex or something else with me. You know what? The convenience of buying cans, keeping them cold, bring them to your hotel room, and being able to crack one in the morning is amazingly convenient. I just did it over the weekend. I was in, um, uh, I've got another option for you as well, by the oh, way. I but like uh, Yeah, which is where I thought you were going. Um, yeah, I just did it over the weekend. I brought some cans to uh, just outside Oneonta, New York, uh, which is my uh, alma mater. We did a little camping trip and then spent Oneonta some time. Is, uh, what, what is Oneonta? Is Oneonta College? Yeah, it's a uh, SUNY school. What, what, what do they specialize in at Oneonta College? Well, uh, communications. education or they have a huge this is what i did a huge music industry program interesting that's why i work in coffee my friend obviously (laughs) so it's it's always interesting to find out what the different suny schools specialize in Mm. like you know hey fredonia is really good at education Mm. or you know ub is really well-rounded but each school has its own little character to it oh absolutely and yeah fredonia i would even say um you know theater and the arts and yeah absolutely yeah i remember hearing a lot about that when my sister was there right right yeah big 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 scene there so so oneonta oneonta is my alma mater did i ever tell you that no yeah so you so you brought cans with you i brought out outside of oneonta yep brought cans with me and uh it turned out to be lifesavers the next day you know we didn't have uh you know, machines. I didn't bring an AeroPress or a Chemex or anything like that. So, AeroPress is probably the right decision versus bringing a Chemex. I've I've done it, man. It's well, it's durable. A Chemex is not very durable, right? Well, yeah, you know, I live on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've traveled, I, to be honest, most of the time I do bring a Chemex nowadays. Yeah, I could bring one of those cool portable coffee setups they have now. Um, what I forget what they were called. Oh, they, is it is it the foldable? Yeah, it was uh, a little stack that had a grinder and a little, you know, the pour over thing as part of it. Oh yeah, really cool. Really cool. Here's the uh, the other option. Way easier than any of the stuff that we're talking about. Okay. There's a company called Steeped Coffee now. Okay. And it's exactly what it sounds like. And I, I remember trying to uh, put ground coffee into a tea bag a long time ago and steep it yeah. in a mug, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't taste good. It's it doesn't anything it's awful right okay steeped coffee tastes awesome uh everything is nitrogen flushed so it's pre-ground but it stays uh stays fresh okay um that's the that's the move next time go into a starbucks Uh, don't do this to me i'm I'm gonna make you do it get a cup of hot water yeah put your steeped uh coffee in there oh i like that yeah that's really interesting i remember i remember hearing on i think it was the uh the pitch podcast and i heard about him before where they were doing instant coffee. There was a company doing like instant coffee that was supposed to be much better. Oh, yeah. But I forget the name of the I'm, product off the top of my head. I'm forgetting all about it, too. Um, yeah. But it was supposedly pretty decent. Now, it was expensive, too. Oh, really? It was like four, I'm like three or four dollars a serving. Wow, that sounds counterintuitive for instant yeah. coffee, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. they were using supposedly really good ingredients and it was a whole proprietary technique of course it's proprietary technique right right because you're not gonna start a company without a proprietary technique (laughs) um 
but yeah, there's there's always new technology around coffee to try and make it easier, to try and make it more portable. Right. And that and back to you know, bring it back to the cans. That's uh, what has really helped here as well. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to take okay. a quick break. Can you believe we're already halfway through? Dude, I, I got to stop spitballing, man, We <laughs> and, and just keep you on track. You know? <laughs> I'll, I'll ease back for the second. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. We interrupt this podcast already in progress with John Cannon to tell you about the Rochester City Newspaper Best of Poll 2018. You can go to rochestercitynewspaper.com to vote for Food About Town for Best Podcast and cast a vote for all of the rest of your favorite places around Rochester as well. So go to rochestercitynewspaper.com and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast with John Cannon. Well, as we sip and finish off our Lost Spirits rum daiquiris, I'm back with Mr. John Cannon from Glen Edith Coffee. Coffee? Glen Edith Coffee? Is that the name? You you killed it. Yeah. All right, perfect. You got it. So I want to finish off our kind of our talk about coffee with what what are your when you're when you're sitting down, whether it's not on the job, but when when you're running a place or thinking about how you optimize a cup of coffee, what are the things that go into it for you when you're making a cup of coffee? How do you make it the best that you like to drink it? Why don't I <clears throat> walk you through what I do in the morning before I even go to Glendeedit? I like that. Okay. So I make myself a pour over every morning. Okay. Which is why I appreciate uh, seeing your Chemex on the counter over there. Of course. Okay. So I'll turn my electric kettle on and I've got a thermometer in there, uh, thermometer in there and I can see exactly what the temperature is. Okay. So I'm aiming for 201. See, I got to be a little bit better about measuring temperature. I usually just do a little bit off the boil, but it's not actually temped every time. Sure. So that's something I don't optimize every time. Okay. And I feel bad about that. Okay. I will buy you a uh, the the right size thermometer that'll fit in the... Okay. <laughs> the one that goes in the top. It, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, it's got to fit in those little holes. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I do 201 because I know that uh, these kettles lose heat so quickly. I'm really aiming for like 200. Okay. So that's, that's kind of my... That's my goal. Um, next, I am rinsing my filter um, in my uh, brewing method of choice. Um, do you have one you use all the time? No. Oh, so you rotate. I do. So I have a Hario V60. You'll see a lot of shops uh, using those. Kind of the industry standard. Industry for standard. For the one cup pour over. Yep. Um, I've got a Hario V60. I have a Kalita Wave. You see those a lot at Fuego. Yeah, and that's the one I was I was thinking about buying a single cup brewing method. Mm-hmm. And that was the one I think I was going to buy is the Kalita Wave. Okay. I'm not sure which material, whether it's the plastic, the ceramic, or the metal. Okay, yeah. Um, I may, hadn't decided. May I jump in on that? Oh, too? I think you should. Okay, so uh, I, I like the metal, right? Because the my Hario V60 is glass. Um, now my, uh, the metal actually beefs up a little bit of acidity, a little bit of brightness. So, you know, plastic, you can always make a, um, uh, a clever or, um, a Melita, anything like that. There's all kinds of plastic materials out there. Not too many metal materials. And for me, that's one of the things that, um, can differentiate the, the Kalita wave from a lot of other brew processes. So, I mean, the material definitely changes, the acidity changes. Yeah. I mean, it's like... It's like if you're doing, you know, a Chemex versus another method, your acidity, your clarity is going to be different based on your filters. Yeah. All these different aspects. So, Kalita Wave. Kalita, yep. And and plus, it's got a flat bottom. So, as far as extracting evenly, all the water in the grounds go down at, at the same time. Yeah. it's It sounded like a little more foolproof than when I was reading about some reviews. It seemed like it was a little more foolproof than... Like the V60. Oh yeah, yep. I I couldn't uh, I couldn't agree more. So <clears throat> plus it's got a flow restrictor. All right, now we're now we're going really uh, really crazy. Uh, I also have a Chemex, and that's why I really uh, appreciate uh, what I saw over there. Um, huge big filter, uh, way more clarity. Yeah, really thick, but I think it, it it provides a certain. It's a different feel of coffee because of the filter. Right. Um, I I like to try a lot of different coffees. By the way. Uh, sometimes we're sample roasting coffees at the roastery, um, and I'll uh, 
and I'll just try it many different ways throughout, you know, over several days uh, with all my gadgets at home. I've got a uh, AeroPress as well. Yeah, which I'm, I, I, that's what I started with when I started doing cups of coffee. Yeah. And I, you know, I had a method built up over time, but I, I don't think I ever got it good. I think the Chemex, I can do much better mm. than the AeroPress personally. I think the AeroPress is a, I don't know about more consistent, but it is a rich cup of coffee. I'm I'm gonna jump in there too Go and ahead. say I don't think anybody has nailed a really really good AeroPress and repeated it many times. Yeah. You know, I've I've had awesome. Actually, you know Tony Cologne from Fuego was I, really good at. Well, AeroPress. I remember that they started. They were doing AeroPress was the only option they had for pour over at the time. Right. Right. Yeah. When they first started. Yeah, and w- which was good for them because nobody else had anything. Th- it looked even close to that, so they were really differentiating. Well, no shop was anywhere like Fuego when it opened. Oh yeah, I mean that that location over on Liberty Pole was just so specific. Yeah, yeah, and I I love where they are now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's all there's Fuego's always moving, always changing. So I've uh, I've already name dropped uh, Fuego twice in this half hour. Hard which, not, which to. is great. Yeah, I, I love what Tony does. <laughs> Me too. Um, so so that that's kind of what I'll do in the morning. But yeah, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll rinse my filter. I rinse with a lot of water because you want to get that vessel to about the same temperature as your brewing water, right? So that your vessel during the actual brew isn't stealing any uh, any heat from uh, from the ground. It's also not shocking the shocking it down temperature wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, stealing any heat from the water. It's right. the same temperature as the water, ideally. So, so then then I've got a Barazza Encore grinder. Um, always grind fresh. Yeah. Yeah, which I think I think I have that one. I you know it's the base level of the of the uh, the um, Baratza series. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got one of those. And yeah. Bar- Baratza makes great products for uh, uh, for home baristas. So you know you can start at the Encore, which is what I have, and you can just you know level up and level up and level up. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I think that's what helps. I mean, you have to do the grinding fresh. You really need to get that. I think it's important. I. I just don't. I don't get the whole pre-ground thing. It loses its flavor so quickly. You know, if you don't, I'll, I'll tell you what. If I'm going somewhere what I, where I know I'm not going to have a grinder, and let's say I can't find my hand grinder or something like that, or I know I'm just not going to be, you know, maybe I'm like too hungover to grind. You know, grind by hand every <laughs> morning on this vacation I'm going on it's or whatever. A thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, sometimes you're just left with it, but. Um, but yeah, that that's sort of my my every morning um, process. I get a little specific in the morning. I'm using a scale to watch how much water I'm I'm putting in there. Which I, of course, I expected the scale. <laughs> well, that, that's probably why I didn't say it. I was like, ah, oh, he knows. Yeah, you gotta have yeah, a scale. You gotta have a scale. Well, you gotta scale your beans. You gotta scale your water. Right. It's all yeah. about the ratios. Exactly. And speaking of ratios, mm. um, I begin everything with a sixteen to one uh, water to coffee ratio. Okay. Yep. So, so I make a, um, I actually do 15 to one for my Chemex. So I do this, I do 710 grams of water and 48 grams of coffee. See, I think if I remember correctly, uh, I went by the counterculture recipe for the Chemex. Mm. So if I recall the numbers, it was 60 grams of coffee to 1,040 grams of water. That sounds very familiar, yeah. Yeah, I believe that w- that's the numbers. That's the counterculture recipe, and that's that's what we usually use, trying to balance everything else out at the same time. Looks good to me. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I don't drink coffee every day because I wake up too early and I don't make coffee. <laughs> so I, I drink Happy Earth Tea at work. Um, when I'm drinking anything at work, it's usually Happy Earth Tea. Nice. Always shout out to my buddy Nirish. Oh yeah, doing great work over there. And they're in uh, they're in the mall now. Too, yeah, they're no? in Eastview Mall, which is you know they took over the old um, Tivana spot. Oh, I didn't know that's where that was. Oh yeah, so it was already pre built out to be a tea place. Right. So they even got to keep the uh, the hot water dispenser in the corner. That's a tempt out hot water dispenser. Oh, a lot yeah. like the one in Glen Edith, really. Oh yeah, yeah. So they. There was already in there, so they just basically turned into a local tea shop instead of a monster chain. It's already built. Yeah. And you will have some of the best chai that you can get your hand. Yeah. I don't like chai, and I really like what he does. Mm. That's kind of saying something there. Yeah, well, I think it's really well balanced. It's not It's not too much of anything. Mm-hmm. Now, 
do I prefer that over, you know, green or, you know, partially oxidized teas? No, of course not. Sure, sure. But it's very tasty at the same time. Well, you know what? Are you are you a milk guy? Do you like cappuccinos, things like that? I, I don't milk at all. Yeah, I'm almost the same way. Yeah, I I can't remember the last time I had milk and coffee on purpose. Yeah, and I'm I'm talking even cappuccinos and yeah, things like no, that. No, I don't drink them. Wow. Okay. I drink espresso and I drink black coffee. Yeah. So if I'm drinking, I want the most of a thing I can have. Uh. So I don't mind if it's delicate, but I want the most of that thing possible. I don't want it diluted. I don't want it. I don't want it turned into anything else other than it is. So I want the most pure expression of a thing. Man, I I think our uh, drinking habits are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, and I can also tell that by this drink that you made me. Yes. But um, <laughs> but it, that really has to do with um, I just don't like milk that much. Yeah. You I know? Mean, I'm I've got the the whole milk thing going ah, on. Okay. Yeah. But I even if that I never even really enjoyed it when I was a kid. Yeah. So, oh wow. I mean, it caused enough intestinal distress during my time in, like, elementary and middle school <laughs> before I realized that it was a problem. Right, right. Um, plenty of that, which is just great just, for popularity. Oh, just great, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Re- just really helped. I mean, one, the whole, like, through middle school and high school, like, you know, personal hygiene, yeah. caring <laughs> about your appearance. Right, you right. Know, still drinking milk. I don't know if I knew it caused intestinal distress, but it did every day. Yeah. So and, all these and, and, things, and people love that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the thing that really helped was the. So now, not to say that I'm denigrating those that play Magic the Gathering, because <laughs> I played plenty of it in high school, but there's very few things that are less appealing to people than like I had a I had a deck of Magic cards in my cargo shorts pocket. And they would rattle in my pocket as you walk down the hall. <laughs> you want to talk about cargo shorts for a minute? <laughs> I mean, I could talk about cargo shorts all day because one, I still, I still think cargo shorts are good. Yeah. Now, not it's 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 not ironically more just that I don't care. Now, most That's, of my shorts are not cargo shorts anymore, but I will wear them. I've I've got this one pair of cargo shorts that I still wear on those like real hot days, and I yeah. know that I'm like, you know, going to a barbecue with someone's dad or something, you know. Yeah. It feels right. It feels right. Yeah. 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 I don't hate it. They're super comfortable. I don't care. So they were rattling around in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So between all those different aspects, I was really on point as a person. <laughs> and I, I didn't know how to like be a decent conversationalist. All these things added up to, I was a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all, all these things that you're telling me, <laughs> just don't describe the person that I know today. You're great. Times have, times have changed. Great conversationalist. You're yes. very popular. Everybody oh, knows sure, you. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, people, people shout Steve Carter. Yeah, people shout the- <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, you know, times have changed, and that's good. Um, because you, it, the more, you can't stay the same forever. And hopefully you're improving over time and not just moving in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're, you know, trying new things and maybe failing, maybe, you know, getting better over time. That's what I always hope for people. Yeah. Um, which speaking it's, of which, I'm going to pivot. Pivot. I'm going to pivot. So let's talk about music. Okay. So great. I don't listen to music much. I was actually going to ask you about your uh, music taste. Oh, so I, that, that answers ha- it. No, I'm happy to answer because I have music taste. Okay. But I don't actively listen to music. Okay. So I listen to podcasts. All of my purposeful listening time is podcasts. Yeah. Now I have plenty of musical tastes. Some of them good. Some of them bad. I. But I'm happy to answer your question. All of mine are bad. How about oh, that? Oh, I like that. Yeah. So what, what is your musical taste? And then I'll answer whatever your musical questions I'm are. I'm just kidding. They're not all bad. So, um, yeah, I grew up on um, uh, punk, you know, hardcore punk, uh, some grunge, you know, classic stuff, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, things like this. Right. Um, I didn't discover hip-hop until I was in my 20s. Yeah, that's, that's about right for me, too. Okay. I, I had my angry... So... High school was, you know, I was super angry at everything <laughs> because, you know, many high school students are, especially those that don't find themselves in a popular clique in high school. Right. Um, I was super angry, so I listened to a lot of angry music. Right. Um, you know, the corn and all that kind of stuff, loud in my Bronco 2 that I drove around. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, dude, this is, this is music for people that don't feel like everybody else. You know, you look around yeah. and you go, I'm not, I don't feel like those people feel, I f-, you know? Yeah, I, ju- I just I just read an 
I just read a interview with Jonathan Davis about the 20th anniversary of Follow the Follow Leader. Follow the Leader, yeah. 20th anniversary. It was a really interesting interview because apparently he was like a major like speed and coke and alcoholic all at the same time. Isn't he totally straight now? Yeah, completely. Yeah. So I found yeah. that really interesting. Yeah. Because I always pictured him as just like, Oh, he's just a suburban guy yelling about his miserable life. That's kind of what I thought, too. I didn't know uh, all this stuff was going well, on. Well, I think it was the rock star excess more than anything else. Yeah. And I'm sure he had his own issues going on. It sounded like he did. Right. But you you read the stories and you're like, holy cow, he was really going after it. Um, can you put that uh, that article in the show notes? Oh, absolutely. All right, that, that was a fun one. It was a nice article on The Ringer. Which, you know, decent sight if you're into sports and other pop culture things. Yeah, I'm into most pop culture things. More more football in the uh in the um sports arena. I'm kinda giving up I'm giving up on football. Mostly. I'm thinking about it because I think I want to get into uh the NBA instead. You know what? That's what's happened for me too. Is I'm I grew up at Bills, I mean, I grew up near Orchard Park. Oh wow, yeah. So I mean fifteen minutes from the stadiums where I grew up, south of the stadium. I went when I was a kid. Usually free tickets in December when nobody wanted to go to the games. <laughs> um, but I grew up, you know, I was a little kid when the Super Bowls were on, and I always watched. I love football. And I've, you know, played fantasy football. I used to watch the draft every round of the draft every year. Wow. And I've kinda, I'm kind of giving it up more and more. I don't watch as much as I used to. I don't pay as much attention. I'm in one fantasy football league now. Instead like, of... I used to do like three or four, <laughs> three or four. I did baseball. I did more other ones. I'm down to one now. You know, if if anybody can let me know where to begin with the NBA, please, uh, you know, shoot us a message and let me know. Oh, I'm, yeah. I can aft, I can actively tell you how to start with the NBA. I would love that if you. So can are help me are out. you? Yeah. So how do you like to enjoy sports? Oh, just on uh, just on the weekends. Just casually, though? Casually, yeah. Do you, do you like numbers? No, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll check scores, yeah. Do you like numbers, though? So are you, like, like for me, when I, I watch... I love spreadsheets, if that answers your question. No, it absolutely does. Okay. Because one of the ways I enjoy sports is I enjoy from the analytical side of things. Oh, cool. So my favorite writers and people that talk about sports are the ones that talk about it with numbers. So they can defend what they're talking about, and it's not just... Oh, he had the heart of a lion. He had the soul of a champion. Yeah, this really ambiguous, uh, non-provable stuff. I just couldn't give two <laughs> shits about that. It doesn't. It doesn't interest me. Well, you don't like fun. No, I want. <laughs> I want to know. I mean, I like to know the efficiency of what they're doing. How do they? How are they optimizing offense? How are they optimizing defense? And you know, it's the whole money ball thing. Yeah, just taken to all the different sports and lots of different angles. So. What I would say, the guy I listen to most, uh, it's an NBA podcast. The guy's name is Zach Lowe. He may be the best sports commentator just overall right now. Hmm. I love him. He does a podcast on ESPN, and he also has a um, twice-a-week column about the NBA during the season. Cool. And it's really it really breaks down why he's saying what he's saying. So Zach Lowe is going to be my dude? He is the guy. And I think he's not the most exciting guy. So I think, again, this ring is good for me. He's not, he's not the most exciting guy. But he really cares about what he cares about. And he, doesn't, he just breaks out the rest of the world. He just doesn't care about it. He cares about basketball. And it's great. Okay, I'm in. I've, I've got my homework, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, think, I think basketball right now is just super engaging. Because there's always something to talk about. There's news throughout the whole year. Oh, yeah. And... There's always drama. There's always something going on. I love beef. It's, yeah. And there's so much in the NBA because there's less people, and every person matters more. So football, people are a little more interchangeable except for, like, quarterbacks. <laughs> in basketball, every player matters so much. Okay, so I'm I'm really I'm really picking the right thing here. Plus, I I I like uh, I like high scoring. So and right yeah. now is a great time to watch offense. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you should be a front runner and pick the Golden State Warriors to watch, <laughs> but when you watch them, it's hard not to fall in love with the way they play. I'll I can talk about basketball for a long time. I'm, by the I'm way. in. Yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I've I've found your rabbit hole. This is great. Yeah. Oh, I can talk about football too if we need to. But this is. I wanted to find out what uh, what your what your take is on hip hop because your eyes kind of lit up for a second there. Yeah, you know what? It's it's one of those things. I I've never I never dove into it heavy, so I most of my hip hop stuff is surface level 
So, you know, I was an angry white kid, so Eminem was my jam for a hot minute. Oh, yeah, baby. Now, I do, I still love some of that stuff, especially some of the maybe less popular songs. And not to say that, like, Renegade was not popular, but it was just so perfect. Oh, yeah. It, it, there was this moment where I just are you Wait, Renegade, you're talking about the Jay-Z song? Yeah. that uh, yeah. Jay-Z and Eminem on the Eminem same song. Eminem one-upped Jay-Z on his own track. So good. So good, yeah. It's an astonishingly good song because he's so fast through the whole thing, and it's just so well executed. Execution. Now, yeah. it's one of the reasons I always liked him because he was so quick. Now, of course, a lot of the songs are, you know, just pop-bashing stuff. Sure, but sure. And I love pop music. You know, like if I'm <laughs> listening to music, I like pop music. Unironically, I really enjoy, you know, women pop singers. Oh no, same here. Um, yeah, like, I, I like a good Katy Perry song. There's no. <laughs> did Did you say Katy? Perry? I did say Katy Perry. Yes. Oh, okay. You You do your thing, man. I'll <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Um, real quick on the hip hop. Yes. Dissect podcast. Have you heard of this yet? No, I don't think so. All right, so he's only three seasons deep. He's in the middle of season three right okay. now. Okay, season one is Kendrick Lamar's uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, right? Okay. And uh, he'll dissect it like in excruciating detail. So right up your alley. Okay. okay. So it's one season on a whole album? A whole album. Yep. Okay. Okay, season two was Kanye West's um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. See, I need to actually sit down and listen to these things because yeah. like, I've heard some of those beats and some of the songs that I really enjoyed. But I've never sat down with any of the albums with any sort of intent to really listen to them. And I'm the same. I mean, we're both so busy. I'm yeah. kind of the same way. I, you know, I've been listening passively lately. So this really lets you, you know, it's usually like an episode of songs. So you're going to really take your time. Um, and uh, with the Kanye thing, I'm feeling the same way that a lot of people are about him right now. Uh, this really paints uh, a much more clear picture of what was going on at the time of that album. Um it, it's 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 great. He's in the middle of uh, Frank Ocean's Blonde right now. So okay, see, I know nothing about that. Ah, there you go. See, okay. I've heard, I've heard, I know the name, mm-hmm. but I don't. I could not pick out the song if you put it in a lineup. Right. No right. chance. Yeah. I, I randomly hear it on like talk radio shows I listen to. They'll play like a song going in. I'll say, oh, that's you know, new Kendrick Lamar, or that's the new Black Caviar, or whatever it is. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, I know what that is now. Well, there you go. That's your homework. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Something no problem. new. I'm happy to take something new. I've got a question for you. Yes. Uh, more in the food area. Okay. Okay. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Yes. I'm, g- I'm going somewhere tonight. I'm going out. Ooh. Where am I going? Wednesday night. So Wednesday night. I'm going to ask a couple questions All right. to get you where you want to go. So are you looking for a sit-down meal? Uh, I think it's going to be more of a sit-at-the-bar-by-myself kind of a meal. But you want a place that has a bar to sit down at. Yeah, yep. Okay. I'm getting a drink, too. So mm. so I think most places are open on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So have you done Bar Bantam yet? Oh, buddy, yeah. Okay, so I love I love that place. For me, it's kind of my new go-to uh, for a reasonable-priced meal, well-executed drinks, nice little wine menu. Great staff. Not a big wine menu, but a nice wine menu. Yeah. It doesn't like measure up to like the wine selection over at uh, like Farmers Creek side, but good. Okay. Uh, good cocktails. Um, have you done Native yet? Uh, not yet. No. Okay, so that's a place I'd tell you definitely to try out. I don't know their hours because we're edging up into the eight thirty range right now. Sure, I'll, I'll look it up. It's fine. But a place that I would definitely tell you to go try. Uh, the chef uh, Jason, he's he's a talented guy. He was at Flower City for. At least a year or two. Oh, Flower cool. City Bread. Yep. Um, he's doing a lot of local sourcing. Um, beautiful space. The dining room opens up onto this fantastic outside patio area mm. right near the Jiva Theater. Yep. And it's an open, basically, there's no in between space. It's an open space to the outside. Cool. And they have these big folding doors. So if the weather's bad or during the winter, it closes up. That's great. But during the summer, it's essentially an open space. Okay, I'm wearing jean shorts right now. Maybe like put on some actual jeans. I I never care about that, by the way. Okay. That I don't even think about it when I'm going <laughs> to a place unless there's like a specific occasion. But otherwise, I just wear whatever I want to wear. I don't care. I love it. It doesn't bother me in the slightest to wear shorts and a t-shirt to a nice place. I'm going to steal that from you in that they, case. They should treat me well regardless of what I'm wearing. 
I actually did that when I was doing restaurant reviews. All right. So I purposefully sometimes dress down at a nice place. Just to see how, how the staff reacts. Yeah, and, I'd never yeah. had a problem. Great. But that's that's a good sign of a place that's doing it well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting time to be going around Rochester. I mean, I would at this time of night, if you haven't eaten dinner, I'm usually telling people to go to quick service places. Uh, sure. I'm telling people to go to Cedar. You know, I'm telling people to go to you know try and find a you know Dominican place that's open. Mm-hmm. You know, drive over to El Latino. Go to you know, maybe the Jamaican place near Ooh. the corner, near Richmond's. Yep. Everything is good. I know they're open pretty late. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, the great little takeout spots in and around Rochester. I could do that, and I could make myself a, a Negroni like I was talking oh, about. Oh, that's not bad. I'm, yeah. I'm a Negroni guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a 2-1-1 Negroni guy, though. I, I remember. Now that's two two gin, uh, one Campari, one vermouth. Correct. Great. So yeah. for me, I think... I like it a little more assertive on the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still make a three-ounce cocktail. You just have to ratio it down. Oh, sure. Yeah, but no that's problem. that's my my preference nowadays. Mm, maybe that's going to be my jam tonight. It's not bad. Yeah. All right. Do you like, you like a classic gin Negroni, or do you like the variants like a Boulevardier? Or? Um, I, I like a classic gin Negroni. Yeah. Um, however, I've had uh, my buddy Mike Lake make me a whole bunch of... Uh, Variants. I mean, Mike's all about it. He's it's all about he's, it. Man. He's in that game. It's, he's in that bar game, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's got that great <laughs> hair too. You know. <laughs> it, it's got a, just this fantastic volume. This fantastic to it. rise. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I can't do that. No. My hair no. doesn't have that kind of rise to it. <laughs> it's getting long, but it doesn't have rise. Have you have you cut it in the past uh, few weeks? It's still going. This is going it's, on longest I've ever had my hair. Yeah, yeah. Record length. It's yeah. It's going. It's going well. I'm gonna go. Until it's annoyingly long. <laughs> so until it's easy to tie it back into like a ponytail. Yeah. I'm at least going, probably at least going till the end of the year. I had mine about that long. Yeah. And that was where I pulled the plug, but you you are pulling it off way better. So <laughs> so you're, you're going to last a lot longer than me. I think I'm going to go to the end of the year. Okay. That's my goal. But if I like it, I'm just going to keep on rolling with it. Sure. Absolutely. And it's going to get annoyingly long really soon. Yeah. So I want the reason I brought up music. So that that was our twenty minute tangent, by the <laughs> way. Um, but the reason I brought up music is because you played music. So the band you were in, or bands you were in, because nobody's ever in one band. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, so what what was the music you played? Uh, and the, how did you get into the whole music thing? Yeah, um, I think I've just been playing instruments since uh, like junior high, um, and I. Just kind of played in bands with friends for years and years and years. And um, I'm in this band uh, based out of New Jersey. I lived there for a little while called Athletics. And that band did pretty well. That's a cool name. It's a cool name. It's uh, kind of an explosions in the sky, post-rocky type of a thing. And I played drums in that band. Um, we did some touring and did uh, did records. and. Um, oh, that's pretty awesome. I didn't know you went that far. Yeah, yeah. We did... Um, uh, every now and then we get a little licensing on uh, like TV shows or you know little small commercially things. That's always pretty cool. Yeah, so that that's the more serious band, if you will, mm. and th- that one's still going. Okay. Uh, I'm also uh, I've I've got this project called Brotherless, and that's just me. Yeah, um, that's the one I've seen more. Yeah, I remember you posting about it. Yeah, I play one show a year. I've been doing it for um, uh, this is going to be year four for the shows, but year five or six that I've been actually writing under this name. Uh, but that's it. One show a year. I don't try to overwhelm everybody. Uh, I do a bunch of covers. It's going to get silly. I'm probably going to do a Smashing Pumpkins medley this year in the middle of the set. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. And that's it. That's my baby. It doesn't have to do well. It's just a fun thing that I do at this point. <laughs> Please contribute, Siri. I appreciate it. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say thanks, Siri, uh, I'm not even going to try. That's don't even be terrible. Oh, yeah. Just all right. Go ahead. Finish talking about no that's kind of the end of the story yeah so but you still enjoy it though oh yeah oh yeah it's still it's still a part of my life yeah yeah i try not to let it uh stress me out you know equipment breaks it's just you know it can be a money pit so you really just got to try to have fun with it and not uh let it stress you out yeah but you, you still have the opportunity to have those outlets i think it's even if you're doing something else it's important to have those outlets oh yeah kind of like we talked about earlier oh yeah uh, we we know you have yours. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm I'm glad to hear it. So, um, 
I think, you know what we're going to do? We're, we are going to stop for today. We're going to do this another time because <laughs> this is one of those we can just keep on going and going. So let's put out the plugs for you and for Glen Edith Coffee. So go ahead. All right. Yeah. So I'm the wholesale director at Glen Edith Coffee. And you can find our flagship location at 23 Somerton Street in the heart of the Park Ave neighborhood. Um, we've got another location on Elton Street. Uh, it's 44 Elton Street or 34. It's at a corner. I don't remember. Yeah, somewhere around there. You'll, you'll see it. Uh, it's right across from uh, the new Three Heads Brewery. Um, and uh, if I can ever help you or your business out with wholesale coffee, you can shoot me a message. Just find us at uh, glenedithcoffee.com. And people find you personally. Are you are you available? I'm available personally. You can find me on uh, Instagram is usually best because I post uh, just about everything there. Perfect. And uh, I go by my pseudo band name, and it's Brotherless underscore Yo. I like it. Yeah, at Brotherless Yo. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and you can find me Food About Town on Facebook at Stromy Twitter and Instagram, Mister John Cannon. Thanks for coming over to the Food About Town studio. Chris, thank you so much for having me, man. This was fun. All right. See you soon, buddy.